All right. Well, let's um, jump in. Uh, I'm Garrett Gatlin here on the Cause or Effect podcast uh, with my friend and colleague James Burroughs. Super excited to have uh, him on the show today and have a really um, rich discussion around uh, high performance and success and goal achievement and all the other fun things we're going to talk about. Um, I want to kind of just jump right into it, James, with what we were just talking about. Um, and I think it relates nicely with the work you've been doing um, recently in the high performance coaching space. But I'd love to just start with with that, what you've been up to uh, in the world of work and and also where you're at in the world. You've had a pretty wild uh wild journey the last uh, year, traveling the globe and doing some really incredible things. So we'd love to just start there, what, what you've been up to in the last uh, last year. Certainly, and thanks for having me along. Um, the I guess the last 12 months or so, I've been in the process of transitioning out of a corporate existence into uh, a freelance stroke consultant coach uh, existence um, and have established my own business which is is comprised of two pieces um, the first one uh, and they both do the same thing but in, in different contexts um, the, the premise of the business is essentially teaching people or businesses how to install high performance hubs into their lives or businesses to attain the futures that they want and so you know if I break that down into into pieces it's it's a concept of uh, looking at what is that, what is it that you want out of life? Uh, and then what are the gaps and the barriers that are causing you uh, to not be there right now? And then how do we, what habits do we need to put in place? What practices do we need to put in place to achieve that? And the two pieces of the business are essentially individual coaching and corporate consulting. And I've been doing a variety of those over the last 12 months. Now, thankfully, I've also been able to combine that with 12 months of traveling around Latin America uh, and South America whilst we're remotely with most of my clients um, I've had a couple of on-site uh, projects where I've moved back to either the UK or or in the US um, and I've been able to work face-to-face -face with clients which has been really enjoyable um, but essentially it's created a life of life of freedom doing what it is that I absolutely love doing which is is I guess teaching and, and showing people how high performance can be made a little bit easier if you have a structure and a framework to achieve it awesome I love that love the the work you're doing and also the, to your point about lifestyle freedom, um, which is super epic. I think, you know, you are doing something, um, that's becoming more accessible for people, but I think a lot of people, um, you know, admire sort of the, the lifestyle freedom or life on your terms where you're writing your own script. So, you know, for you in your professional journey, what, um, I guess, what's been a source of inspiration for that, that travel and launching of your own business? Um, what, what was that? Was there a hinge point for you? Um, what's been the spark? Yeah, good question. And if I roll back the clock, probably 18 months, um, I was the antithesis of the digital nomads that I am now. Um, I was you know, a GM in a reasonably large business. Um, I had the houses and the investment properties and the cars and the holidays and the dog and all these you know, trappings of um, corporate success, as we inverted commas call it. And I was not happy. I felt trapped. Uh, and I was starting to read more and more books around sort of um, you know, wanting to move to the executive level. What do you need to do to move from GM to being a, an executive? And the more I read, actually, the more sort of disingenuous I became. Uh, because it was for me, the, the success wasn't in corporate success. It was in life success. Uh, and that's often how I, I speak to a lot of my clients as well is well, what success look like for you. 
um, and we do a, a very simple exercise at the, at the start of our engagement, which is what have you got that you have? Uh, what have you what what have you got that you want? What have you got that you don't want? What have you not got that you want? What have you not got that you don't want? And then we look at the tensions in those four boxes. And so often people say, you know, I want a bigger job and more money, but I also want more freedom and more holidays and more time with my family. And you say, okay, well, which of these is more important to you? And for me, the more important was the travel and the freedom and exploring and adventure, um, being happy, being able to love freely, um, being adventurous, being able to contribute um, in a sort of selfless way. And, and I wasn't able to achieve those things in the existence I had. So that was really my hinge point. Um, there were a couple of really good books that I read along the way. Um, so Subtle Art, obviously, is the sort of the Bible for people who want to get out. Um, the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss is another one. Atomic Habits by James Clear is another great book. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's heaps of them. But it was really around getting out of the norm and creating this life that I wanted for myself and then working out what I could do to pay for my existence because obviously everybody needs to earn money to exist um, but it, not necessarily about earning a fortune but having enough to be comfortable whilst having this amazing life uh, and that's where I've spent the last 12 months building so cool and I you know I resonate with that as well just being on a similar journey of my own as you know and yeah. um, one of the thing that the things that pops out for me as you're kind of sharing that personal journey but also um, you know, in your coaching practice, and I know you just launched uh, Clarity, which is one of your new coaching programs, uh, which I'm super excited right. um, to learn more about. But, you know, and part of that, that program, from my understanding, is around, to your point, around defining success, um, gaining clarity on that, and, you know, setting behaviors to be able to achieve uh, the life and career goals that you have for yourself. But I guess what are... Um, in your observation, what are the barriers that prevent people from actually getting there? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's, um, there's so many people that sit and dream about the life that I'm leading that believe that it's absolutely luxurious and unattainable to them um, because they're putting all of these things in the way of, of taking that step themselves. Um, and I really find um, that as I've gone through this and discovered how easy it is actually and how cheap it is to do what I do, um, it's far less expensive than living normal life. Um, there are barriers, yes. Uh, if you have significant um, constraints in your financial freedom, then that can obviously cause an issue. So if you're you know, mortgaged up to the hilt and you, you're not earning any disposable income where you can't save anything to create a bit of a buffer, um, then that's something you need to look at before you perhaps take jump. Um, if you're in a relationship and, or you have kids and family, um, obviously that's extremely important. Um, I was lucky enough to take this moment when I was newly single. Um, so I didn't have to worry about negotiating with a partner. I didn't have to worry about how we were going to um, keep our kids safe um, and, you know, and, and, and in school and things like that. But absolutely, you know, if, you have a, if you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is, and you're thinking about taking this step, it, it has to be negotiated. And it has to be really clear between both of you around the expectations of what it is and isn't for the journey that you're going to take. Because stepping out of... The, the normal salary pay packet, whether you're doing it digitally like I'm doing it or whether you're just going out as a consultant on your own, um, is a huge step and require it's a partnership to do it uh, and, and definitely think that that's a really important piece. Um, it, the other barriers that I think get in the way is just fear of the unknown. Um, I was, I traveled many years ago, probably 10 years ago through Southeast Asia on my own in Indonesia um, and done that for about nine months. And so I knew I could backpack, I knew I could travel, um, but 
I was now coming to an entirely new continent, 10 years older, um, a little bit fearful of the danger of Colombia and the danger of living in Mexico and you know, all these things that you hear in the news. Um, I was a little bit scared that I didn't speak great Spanish. Um, I didn't know how I was going to find work. I didn't know how I was going to um, find a place to work from. You know? and, and so doing a bit of research before you go to, I guess, dis, um, demystify the process was, was definitely helpful. So I started taking Spanish classes. I started reading up on um, blogs and podcasts that were talking about people who transitioned to digital nomading in Latin America successfully. So absorbing information and, and research was really key for me. Um, the, the, the how do you get work and the how do you and the where do you work again a lot of these people are like nomadic mat um, culture trip they're really good websites that give you information on how to operate in this context and whilst I'm probably an early adopter I'm not an innovator you know the people have been doing this for five to ten years so I'm slotting into a groove that already exists versus the you know, the, the you know like the first men on the moon I'm the second wave of inhabitants that are coming and through and I know I'm, I now live in a great apartment and I work in a, a really cool community workspace which has got soundproof boots you know they're, they're so developed now and the wi-fi is amazing and everything's great um i can imagine 10 years ago it was a little bit different so that, i guess that trepidation and fear of the unknown was the other piece that a lot of people will use as a, an excuse not to do it um the reality is when you do it you find out how amazing it all is um and you just have to believe in yourself and take that jump um the phrase that I, another coach i was talking to recently and I, I did a blog post about it is you need to jump out of the plane knowing the parachute's going to open and it's not knowing out of arrogance but because you've done all the research you've done all the training you've packed the parachute yourself and you know when you jump it's going to be fine love that i love yeah it's because i you know i i've certainly experienced that in my my life and career and also seen that with people i you know when i think about it i think fear is probably the single biggest barrier and it's it could be fear of any you know anything and you shared a lot you know a lot of examples there but um to your the point of your uh, your blog post that you put out, which is a great piece. And we'll um, actually, we can link that in the description um, here as well. But um, I think that, that process, it's sort of like you create a, a method, you create a habit, you create, um, you sort of debunk the fear through preparation, right? And, it, and then at the end of the day, though, you do have to take the jump, you do have to leap and trust all of that pre-work and all that preparation um, and that you're going to, you know, you're going to be flying here in a second, um, which is cool to, to think about. Um, yeah. And I so, think that analogy of, um, you know, you're never going to win a race. You don't enter. Um, so oh, yes. you, you just, you just got to get in there and, and have it and get, give it a go. And worst case scenario, you go back to what you did, but you've learned some new stuff. Yep. I love um, who is, I think it's Tim Ferriss um, in one of his books, or maybe it was a talk or something. He talks about fear setting. I don't know if you've heard of, heard of his process around that, but basically it's um, a, a method of uh, almost anti-goal setting. So it's basically articulating what your, what the greatest fears are and sort of chasing them down all the way down the rabbit hole of, you know, this leads to this leads to this. And um it's been a, I've done it a couple of times. And when you really, I think are clear and you articulate what are those big fears and, you know, just write them out on paper, you realize the likelihood of those things happening is, is pretty low. And even if one does, you can reinvent yourself 
you know, and, and adjust moving forward. And so it's, it's like that. Um, I think we're, we're, we oftentimes can constrain ourselves, um, in our mind, you know, when, when ultimately we can, um, do some pretty incredible things. So love, um, love that concept. So as you think about, um, high performance and goal achievement. And so if, as people move through fear, they are, you know, they gain clarity on, uh, how they define success and what they really want, uh, for their life and, and their career and the impact they want to have in the world. Um, what are some of the basics in your mind, um, and in your practice for, for high performance and goal achievement? What are some of the, just the fundamentals yeah, I mean, if I if I put it at a very high level, because our program is um, anything between twelve and fifteen weeks long, so we're compressing a lot of material here into, <laughs> into a very a, a shorter answer as I can make it. Yeah. Um, but it really, you know, Clarity is is the first program that we launched, and we're in the process of um, just about to launch the second program, which is really around those high performance habits. Um, but if I go if I go around Clarity, uh, it's it's essentially what is it that you want out of life. Um, who do you want to be? They're the sort of two first questions that we start with. And then we start to break that down and challenge some of those beliefs around people who think they want something, but want something else. Then we ask, why do they want those things? And until they've got a compelling why, they, they can't motivate themselves through the hard parts of the change that they're going to need to go through. Then we start looking at the goals that they're going to set for themselves and the individual daily activities that are going to allow them to achieve those, allow them to achieve those goals. And so a lot of the 90, the 90 days or the 12 weeks is, is focused on actions, not goals. So, you know, let's, let's use an example. I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay, great. What do you need to do to lose 50 pounds every day? Well, I need to be really conscious in the meal choices I make. Um, I need to be really conscious in the exercise regime I have. And when there's a party or a Christmas birthday or Easter or chocolate cake going around, I need to be really conscious in making a choice. And so it's about actions. And so that's where clarity starts to really kick in. Then we start to use the concept of accountability. So I WhatsApp connect with all of my coaches um, and follow them up once a week. How are you getting on? What's going on? And we use this notion of this kind of, you know, the old American neon signs, which is sort of a forked arrow. The road goes this way or the road goes that way. It's, uh-huh. when, they have that, when, it's when they have that moment of fork um, and they, they, they sit there and they go, well, if I go left, I, I take that chocolate cake. And if I go right, I don't take that chocolate cake. And I ask them to check in with me when they know they've had a fork and they know they've made a choice. It doesn't matter whether they make the right or the wrong choice because there is no right or wrong. It's just one choice takes them closer to who they want to be and one choice doesn't. And the other piece of using accountability is who needs to know. So when we set ourselves our actions, who needs to know about this action? Um, I've used another example. Um, one of my coaching clients has been working through a leadership journey. And so part of his journey is telling people that he's on this journey. And so we've actually had one-on-ones with um, some of his leadership team and he's met individually with all of his team and all of his leadership structure to tell them what he's focusing on and asking them to call him out when he demonstrates a behavior that isn't um, along the way he wants to be. Uh, so that's, that's where we really start with clarity. Um, then we start to pull apart some of the detail and I won't go too much deeper, but it talks about things like, um, making sure your time is balanced, making sure your priorities are set each day, making sure you look at your vices and take them off the table as issues that are going to get in the way of your success and clarity, um, making sure you're developing yourself, making sure you're giving back. So we really kind of digest the person and give them this clarity piece, um, around who do I want to be? How do I get there? 
how to, and I'm going to do that. And who needs to know about it? Yeah. Super cool um, process and method for goal achievement uh, and high performance. When, um, when people, you know, I guess is, and you know, from your personal experience too, um, how do you deal with, you know, difficult times or experiences where you feel stuck sort of in the process? This could be for yourself. It could be for um, work you've done with clients, but it's, you know, that feeling of you're in the process, you've got momentum, but naturally let, you know, every journey has got sort of peaks and valleys. And so when you come up against one of those valleys or those more difficult times, um, what are, what are some things you do there to, to push through it? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, in, in my observation and working with a lot of different people, when it gets tough, the default is, well, I just go back to what, what I was doing before and I'll just sort of go back to autopilot um, because it's easy. Um, so I'm super curious about that um, and how you kind of help yourself and help other people get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, there's, I mean, there's a multitude of places where you can get stuck. So um, I'll use, I'll use the, the example you um, brought up initially and then I'll probably add one more, but there are a whole heap of others of conversations that we have. Um, so the whole, yeah, absolutely. I encounter that fork in the road and that's the difficulty point. Um, and I make the wrong, I make the wrong choice in inverted commas, which is essentially just the choice away from the person I want to be. Uh, and then I kind of feel like I'm in this turmoil of, oh, well, I've gone back to the old way of doing it. Now I'm just going to let it go. And it was, it was easier to make the, the, the choice in the, in the, in the wrong direction. Um, because what you're doing in this transformational journey of high performance is changing the way you are. You're going from your current state to your aspirational high performance state. And so often, and that's why I have the WhatsApp check-in opportunity. Now I want my coaches to, to connect with me and go, I just made this choice and I'm feeling really bad about it. And then I immediately will text back, well, who do you want to be? And I go, well, I want to be that person. So next time make the choice, the other choice. And if you have the opportunity, go back now and make the other choice and don't beat yourself up for the choice you made because we're all human. And high performance is about, you know, it's long-term persistence um, in the daily action, not the starving myself or you know, feeling really miserable about what I'm doing. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and, then, and, and, and if you keep coming up against that same fork in the road, then we have a different conversation, which is, is this who you really want to be then? You know, do you really want to run a marathon? Do you really want to be 50 pounds lighter? Or you, do you just think that that's one of your goals? And we try and eliminate those at the start of the process, but often they come out. Um, actually, no, I don't. I just want to eat what I want to eat, um, but I'd like to be lighter. Okay, well then what else can we do to get you to where you want to be? So they're the types of conversations that we, we, you know, we have. The other, the other piece um, that can be the stuck point is if people don't have momentum to get through those barriers. You know, and I use the kind of analogy of um, you know, rolling down the hill in a car. And if you haven't, or, no, let me lose a different one. Different one. Um, I use the analogy of uh, trying to get over the jump, you know, like the evil Knievel style jump or the Eddie Kid jump. Um, and if your motorbike hasn't picked up enough speed, there's no way you're going to make that jump. You're just going to, take off and and crash Uh, (laughs) and and unfortunately that's what happens all the time people don't have enough momentum so again really focusing on daily action really focusing on picking up momentum and another great way that you can do that is what we call habit stacking 
So you, and I use this with my, myself in my morning routine, is the first thing that most people do when they wake up in the morning is they turn on the lights, the alarm goes off, they turn on the light, they pick up their phone and they check their social media. Um, and before they know it, 15 minutes has gone and then they crawl into the shower um, and then they go to work or grab a cup of coffee and go to work or feed the kids and go to work or whatever it is, like that morning routine. And so I was thinking to myself, well, one of the things I really, that's really important to me is learning, is developing. So I allocate myself five minutes of reading social media now, and then I force myself to read a book on Blinkist before I get out of bed. And that's all has to be done in a 15 minute window. So I have less time on social media and more time reading a book. But it means by the time I get out of bed, every day I've read a book. Um, and that starts to stack up over time. I've learned a lot. And I have a little notepad next to my bed, which has got terrible handwriting in because it's first thing in the morning. But I basically <laughs> write, write down my thoughts, insights and takeaways from each of those books. That's called habit stacking. So I get five minutes of doing something I love, five minutes of reading a book, and then I get up and I start my day. Um, and the, the stacking of the enjoyable thing and the thing I need to do. And it's almost becoming the opposite now. So I almost reach for the book before I reach for the social media now because I'm excited to learn the next thing. But again, that creates the momentum to get to the low patch of, oh, I'm not feeling great today. I don't fancy reading the book. Well, I can't check social media. If I can't, if I'm, if I can't read the book, mm -hmm. I can't check social media. Right. They're tied. Yeah, they're tied together. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that it's sort of a variable reward almost where you're, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you're training yourself that the two go in tandem. 100%. Um, and making it easy to succeed in that habit as well. So the app is on my phone. It's on the home screen of my phone. So I don't even have to go to a folder to get it. The little notebook is by my bed with a pen attached to it. So I don't have to get up and go and find the book. Um, yeah. you know, my, my exercise window happens next. Um, my gym stuff is at the bottom of the bed, so I don't have to find it. I've got no excuses not to be successful. Yeah. And it's, I love the comment you just made. I love it's, um, or is, is whatever you just said, something along the lines of it's, you know, it's easy, it's manageable. It's not like, you're it's trying easy to, to carve, easy to be successful. Yeah, yeah, you're not trying to carve out an hour um, of reading, uh, you know, and not that you can't build to that, but it's making it attainable early on. I, um, I've talked with people about similar similar things, um, just related to exercise and um, and and running in particular. So I'm a I think I think you know I'm a runner and have done a number of marathons and. Um, when I first got into it, I, I really didn't have any sort of aspiration of running that distance. It started very, very small. It was a micro habit I was trying to build just for fitness. So I was doing um, four or five days a week and doing 20 minute intervals. Um, and, and then that really quickly though, like that habit sort of cascaded into this love and passion for uh, running and the miles you know, just started to get higher and higher and higher, but it started with that really low barrier of entry where it was, you know, this is easy. It's 20 minutes. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, so starting small, uh, I think is huge, uh, huge in this space. Um, so you've had, I mean, we're, we've talked a lot about sort of the recent um, career uh, aspirations that you've been working toward in the coaching practice you're developing um, but beyond that too, you've had a really incredible, um, career and impact around the world and all of the different contexts that you have worked in. And I think, you know, someone, someone that, um, a lot of, uh, young leaders would look up to and admire sort of the, the life that you've led and the things you're able to do now. And part of my, um, I, I've shared with folks that part of my hope for this, uh, podcast and show is that it'll be an inspiration 
to next generation uh, leaders as well. And so as you think about your journey um, and all of the different things you've accomplished, what uh, is the top advice you would give to your 18-year-old self? And <laughs> try to do it in five <laughs> words or less if you can. <laughs> so so I, got, I got it down to 11 words. Um, okay, I good. Can, I can give you the first five, which is, is, is almost a sort of the, the 80%, 80-20% thing. Um, so my, my five were, don't take yourself so seriously. Um, that, that was the, the five I came up with. And why, why that? Don't unpack um, that. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I think back the last 20 years of my 20 odd years of working life, um, and for probably 18 of those years, the only thing I cared about was getting promoted and trying to be seen as doing the best I could possibly do and, um, you know, making a good impression and choosing the right career opportunities and the right companies and the right postings and the, and all these things that was all very precise and, and, and there was very little room for fun. Mm. Um, there, there wasn't really much fun in, in, in my life for many years. And it's one of the things I now take great joy in is that I have a huge amount of fun in my life. Um, but I took myself far too seriously. You know, I was, I was intense and um, uh, very assertive and surly and, and was trying to prove myself all the time. And I, just, I don't think that you need to do that um, in order to be successful. And I think you know, as I've gone on my, my own journey and all of my coaching experiences, all based on all the mistakes I've made along the way and all the people I've talked to and their mistakes. So it's all based on you know, practical, real experience. They all said the same thing. You know, they've all been really successful, but at what cost? Um, and I look at the people who have maybe chosen the fun things to do or the things that they were excited about or the things that they thought were filled with joy. And they're so much happier in their lives and they've still been really successful. So, you know, it isn't about this kind of prescribed plan. Um, the, 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 the second six words that yeah, the um, I, I put into my 11 was just take opportunities and enjoy them. Um, mm. So, yeah, the whole sentence was, don't take yourself so seriously. Just take opportunities and enjoy them. Um, and it's just kind of just put yourself out there. And, you know, what I found in my late 30s is everything I've done in the past 18, 20 years working, I can use it somewhere at some point to do something. It all kind of comes together as a mishmash of experiences and stuff that you can, you can offer. And that's where you kind of find your niche and you just go for it. So stop worrying about it because it'll all turn out right in the end. You just need to work hard and take opportunities and enjoy them. Love it. Love the 11 words. Super great stuff. Um, all right. Final question for our uh, time together. And that is, uh, what is the cause you want to bring about in the world? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think for, for me and for, for Traverse, um, the, the, that sort of installation of high performing habits by showing people how to do it. But the way I've, I've kind of aligned it for your question uh, in my mind was I want to bring simplicity to high performance. That's the cause. Um, you know, if you do a few things right and you remove a few things that are wrong, you can dramatically improve stuff. Um, so it's just about taking 12 weeks out of your life to make this dramatic shift by changing a few things. Um, and what we find is actually people do tend to stay with us after those 12 weeks because they want to continue with the momentum of what they've picked up already. Um, but it is, it's just bringing simplicity to high performance. Super epic stuff. Awesome. Um, James Burroughs, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been great having you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Cheers.